Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is Professor Shy Guy. I sing, play guitar solos, and make chip tunes, and you're listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hi, I'm Tony. And I'm Kay. And we have a special guest on this episode. It's Nerdy Show community member, Big Bad Shadow Man. Hello there, folks. I hope that was enough enthusiasm because uh, we're going to be real enthusiastic. This episode is all about Godzilla. Yes. And here's why. Because he's huge. He is gigantic. And he just had a movie come out, but that's not why. Because months ago, and over a period of many months, Big Bad Shadow Man, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support Nerdy Show because I like him. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here at any point. And, uh, and I love Godzilla. Nah, he doesn't like us at all. <laughs> or Godzilla. And, and I, I know that Nerdy Show's entirely listener supported. And so if I, if I give him money, then, uh, then they're going to do whatever I want. And uh, I'm going to well, make him do a Godzilla episode. I mean, we, we set those standards. So it's understandable that he, he approaches the. We gave him the strings and he tied but, them together. But, to but here's what he did marionette. that no one has done before. He said, I'm going to take a microsode. And I'm going to double it up. And okay, Ooh. people have done that before. And then he kept doing it. And then he kept <laughs> doing it yeah. until he created. He, tr- he took what would he have created been a, a monster. Yeah, he <laughs> a giant <laughs> monster. I made a destroyer or a Hedora of an episode. <laughs> Uh, yes. Smaller little bits making one big nasty motherfucker. Hedora? Is a Hedora is something that a, a good guy monster wears? God damn it. Uh, no, it's Only if they're feeling classy. It would be the thing that would make Captain Planet piss himself. There's very little that doesn't make Captain Planet piss himself, we'll be fair. I mean, just, Ted Turner's a scary man. He just does it all the time. He does. I thought Hedora was a good guy. Is he? But good yes. guy monster. Well, he was created like it's a, you know, the thing that has to do with the earth. Ecological. He's a yeah, monster. ecological He's, monster. Yeah. He's green friendly, which is he where was. Captain Planet comes along. Tying it together for you folks. So, Big Bad, actually, this is, he created a quad-length microsode, a.k.a. a full-length episode. So we're going to be talking about Godzilla. We're going to be talking about the past. We're going to be talking about the present. And we're going to, we might speculate in the future. It's a good thing uh, most of us have already seen the new Godzilla yep. movie. Yep, that's yeah. true. That, I am 75%. excited to talk about it. I'm a big fan of Matthew Broderick's work, and uh, I love Hank Azaria no. as a cameraman. This is this is perfect. No. I have been waiting to extol my love for this film. Why are you guys making yeah. those noises? That's awful. Because that movie is mostly frowned upon by but a lot of that, people. But yeah. we're talking about the HD remake, right? That's, no. that's what we're here to celebrate? No, no there's no there's a new one. No. Jean oh. Renault was in it, right? Wasn't no, it? No, no. Sean's the professional? Yes. <laughs> 
That's something. That's all right, right? Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> he, he, was, he was very professional in that film. He had great uh, bubblegum chewing powers. So um, we are going to be talking about the new Godzilla film. If you're listening to this episode on the day it came out, it came out Friday prior. So yeah. it, it's just recently come out. We're going to do that at the end of the episode. So what we're going to do, don't worry. We're going to talk about Godzilla in all these broad strokes that you can totally enjoy. And then we're going to give you our spoiler-free review, and then we're going to really lay it into it. And you're going to get to hear me make all those, like, what noises, because I have no idea what's coming. But I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. And so that's what's I up. I haven't saw it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so, pretty sure I know what will happen. <laughs> so a I'm big pretty bad. sure Godzilla destroys a city. <laughs> if at that point yeah. you say, I don't want to hear this, I want to listen to the movie, that's okay. We'll, uh, Even if you want to watch the movie, you can do that, too. Just pause here. <laughs> no, don't, don't, no, no, pause don't, here. don't, don't yeah, pause Yeah, do here. that later. Later, much yeah. later. So Godzilla, am I right? <laughs> yeah. He's a the hell of a guy. Monsters. Yeah. Now, Big Bad, you're a redonkulously huge Godzilla fan. You actually have been the creative force effectively behind a, a number of past giant monster related things that happened here at Nerdy Show, including our How I Met Your Mothra Nerdy Show Prime episode where we talked to the guys behind Kaiju Combat, Simon Strange and uh, Matt Frank, comic artist, as well as Eric Powell. Yeah. So um, <laughs> when did this uh, Godzilla fascination start? When I was a wee little mad, and like most people, I went to school, and kids were <laughs> they were big fans of Power Rangers. The idea of you know super teenagers fighting monsters and giant robots. It's like it seems legit. Cool. I'll try to see if I can find it, but I had a hard time finding it when I was a little kid. All of a sudden, I come across a commercial which I thought, oh, this might be the Power Rangers because they were doing the whole super team fighting monsters, and. They had a giant robot. The problem, though, was the giant robot was in the shape of the monster it was fighting. Mm. That was Mecha Godzilla. Ah, okay. So, so basically, you heard rumors of something called Power Rangers, and you knew roughly what it was, but you yeah. had no way of procuring Power Rangers for yourself. Yeah. These are the days before you could like Google Showtimes for things. This was <laughs> <Yeah>. like when <laughs> you're sitting there going through the, the cable programming guide and it's like shit i missed the channel it's got to cycle around again yeah and that was the thing it was because at that time it was during the 90s they had this whole thing where there was like a godzilla toy series called godzilla wars I don't and it actually i think it was like the only godzilla toy series that actually featured human characters and they were literally like um like power ranger type characters huh yeah, it was yeah. like a one set of movies that are the only continuous Godzilla movies. And I think that's, I thought it was in the Millennium, but I could oh, be wrong. Actually, that, that I thought it was series is actually called The Heisei. I finished watching a crap ton of that that's, this morning. But, you win. But that's the thing. They, they made a toy <laughs> series that kind of went with those series of movies. And the thing was, is they build up Mechagodzilla as the ultimate super weapon. And it's like the idea of they make a robot based on the big baddie and it fights all the other monsters that are under that big baddie's rule. And it's like, that sounds pretty cool. And then I got completely confused because later down the road, I actually watched a Mechagodzilla movie and he was the bad guy. Just and somehow the... Godzilla was the good guy. That's how confused I was. And I was like, I need to know what the heck is going on. Well, in general, Godzilla, when in its 60 years of stomping, man, it's chaos. Actually, that actually reminds me. Uh, here's what you said to us when you initially requested this microsode. You said this year marks the 60th anniversary of Godzilla. I would like a retrospective look on all of Godzilla past and present, and I would like to lend my knowledge of the king of all monsters as you guys' monster correspondent. So there you go. Monster correspondent. Yeah. Achievement unlocked. official title. Yeah. <laughs> I major in Godzilla, and I have a minor in Universal Monster Movies. <laughs> that actually, that sounds like an actual film school course set. I'm just, I'm just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at Greendale. Well, yeah. <laughs> Intermediate, like, city destruction. <laughs> yeah. 
Godzilla came out in 1954, directed by Ishiro Honda. Scored by Kira Fukube and special effects by H.E. Subaraya. You know, I gotta say, hey. for someone who's collecting uh, Social Security, like Godzilla is still... He's still he's doing all right. Yeah. Like, he's still kicking butt in I mean, the he's put on movie. a little weight in the new movie. Yeah. Fat bottom Godzillas make the rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is the people in Japan saying, oh, he's too big. If you look at the Heisei series, he's got thunder thighs. I it's like just fat that, bottom uh, Godzilla, though. He's my favorite. So it's not that Godzilla has gained weight. He's evened out. He went from thunder thighs to just kind of being more a pear shape. He looks more like a linebacker compared to a sumo wrestler. Yeah. So this is hinting at a future Godzilla team-up film where he's part of the giant monsters football team. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Hey, what I mean, if, he's a sports. <laughs> he, he, played, he played against Charles Barkley. What, uh, what and if, uh, lost. What if Godzilla made he, that booty clap? <laughs> I don't know. I don't need a like, Godzilla twerking video now. I do. Oh, I need that lost. right this moment. That is the opposite God. of what I need. Downvote, downvote. <laughs> it, it would be a nuclear booty clap. <laughs> <laughs> just here make that ass clap <laughs> shockwave <laughs> spoiler alert that's how the movie ends <laughs> that, that's yeah to speak of he has like crazy amount of powers and abilities yeah because i know you would know the answer to it can you list off all the powers he has i imagine it's kind of like when you talk about how many powers does superman have and you like include everything from the golden age <laughs> oh dear yeah. god please don't it, it is like that i mean oh my i can just go down through like his basics the stuff that he's usually reformed for currently let's start with what are the basics he has atomic fire breath or mm -hmm. just atomic breath zesty it's not fire it's more of a beam of pure radiation okay so he, he's a, he's a walking microwave gotcha he has regenerative capabilities he can heal wolverine mm -hmm. with you and he has some extreme strength. Well, yeah. But I mean, that's mostly, that's the basic stuff. But there's been parts where he's got crazy abilities. For instance, he once flew with his atomic breath. Well, how's he going to, you know, catch up with Gamera with his <laughs> rocket hooves? My, yeah, he's gonna my favorite one is the one where he rockets across on his tail. That's what I was about yeah. to say, the tail slide. Yeah. <laughs> tail slide. He <laughs> turned himself <laughs> into a giant <laughs> magnet once. <laughs> Hold on, what now? Yeah. Brilliant. What? <laughs> he, in one of the movies, he when he's fighting Mechagodzilla, he turns himself into a giant magnet. So he's Wolverine and Magneto. This guy's the ultimate threat. He, How did he not yeah, get stabbed? He, <laughs> <laughs> one of the more basic ones I forgot is just his resilience to mostly anything uh, modern technology-wise. Bullets, missiles, artillery, Heart anything skin. that you know military has really doesn't affect him. He got that Emma Frost diamond skin. <laughs> yeah. He is not only more X-Men mashed up here. No, that's what I'm going to yeah. say. This is this is the ultimate bombshell. Godzilla is not actually a giant lizard. He is just all of the X-Men merged into one. <laughs> this is this is the ultimate plan of the Fox Mar movie canon. At one point, Marvel did have the rights to make Godzilla comics. Really? When was that? Oh, it was, oh god, I forget what year, but it was probably between the 60s and 70s. Huh. This is why he's our Godzilla correspondent. <laughs> yeah, there's been Three comic book studios that have actually been able to use the rights for Godzilla. Marvel. Then there was Dark Horse, which Dark Horse did something that was really good that Toho thought, that is awesome. We're going to take that and put it into our movies. Oh, wow. What, what, what do they do? They created an organization called G-Force, which was the idea of a super task force with the sole purpose of just combating Godzilla. And Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that we as Americans could be responsible for that. That's cool. Yeah. They... 
they love the idea and it's actually prevalent when the movie they they introduce it and they build it up pretty well they even like had when one of the characters is going to become part of that group they actually show like montages of training and teaching the best ways of combating godzilla effectively when the foot is coming down move laterally do not move, <laughs> move lateral attack way. him from behind that's interesting that like dark horse just continues to have this like history of taking a already ex- existing intellectual property and just doing really creative stuff with it that fans yeah. and creators go that was really cool if only they could somehow influence the terminator or predator series in a positive light <laughs> but the studios simply will not listen mr plinkett how the hell did you get here <laughs> and then recently idw has the rights to it they've been putting out some good stuff yeah well i mean they've been pulling in uh, actual fan favorite ground level art types like matt frank with like matt frank and chris mallory they've been doing a lot of actual things that fans actually are liking a lot monsters are actually being more focused on they're actually given somewhat of a personality which is something that some people kind of don't realize is that a lot of godzilla monsters actually have personalities compared to like other monsters that we have so godzilla is kind of an autumn he enjoys long walks on the beach is that what you're talking about he's more like the grumpy uh clint eastwood from um <laughs> gran torino oh so you're saying my portrayal of godzilla and how i met your mother was way off then yeah, he's more like, get off my lawn. <laughs> you gotta ask yourself one question. Did I blow my breath five times or six? Yeah. Then you got like a bunch of other monsters. I think one of my favorite is King Caesar, who is kind of a lazy cat. Because <laughs> he technically is a cat. Or a cat. <laughs> yeah, he's a giant stone um, lion. Oh, there's so many Godzilla creatures I don't even, I, I do not yeah, even there's, actually. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. Um, Gamera just seems like, like easier to, easier Chinese to please kids. like Chinese dragon dogs. Oh. Yeah, he's probably one of my favorites because he's one of the weird mystic ones in a series of a bunch of science fiction. That thing looked like, um, I, like some kind of gremlin on steroids. Yeah, he originally, that's the kind of one of the things he look, reminds me of. He does look like a gremlin. He's like one of those, you know, lion dogs. Neat. And he's like an old folktale monster, which is one of the things I like about Godzilla is that you have a variety of monsters. You got crazy aliens, and then you got stuff like King Caesar or Mothra, which are spiritual creatures. Yeah, I, I think that's cool as well. We were all really rooting for uh, the, the small beauties to show up in some capacity in the new film. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Cosmos. <laughs> yeah, they got Cosmos, sequels. the Shobajin, whatever you want to call them. God, I, I feel like they're Mothra's one of those maids. things that as, as a kid, I never cared about them. But as I got older, I was like, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> and it kind of works that some giant bug deities would have small little girls that would be her, her priestess. It's just super weird. I just love how super weird it is. And yeah. also the their catchy song. It's just full of like weird countries and stuff that they made up. In the earlier movies, they did a lot of things to try to not to offend certain countries, but at the same time, try to show them kind of, you know, how helpless Japan was. There's multiple countries which were a combination of Russia and the United States. Rosaliska like or Rolasika from Mothra? Yeah. yeah. Technically a, a major military power that had atomic weapons and did atomic testing. There's a lot going on there. I mean, the commentary about the atomic bomb is inescapable in Godzilla. In fact, I, I, I was reading up on it um, and learned that his, his skin, the scales of his skin were originally designed to, um, the texture was inspired by the keloid scars seen in Hiroshima survivors. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. How fucked up is that? 
It's it's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize that out of all the Godzilla movies, the first one is, like, the most serious and somber. It's the There's a lot of dark sure. stuff, especially, like, in the original Japanese version. Right. There's this new series out called The Real History of Science Fiction. Yeah. Um, Cap and I have checked this out. And you, you may have heard uh, John and myself and Claire Evans from Yacht talk about it last month in one of our Moogfest episodes. There is an episode on aliens and invasions, and it, it branches out beyond just aliens and invasions to also include like monsters because Jurassic Park is involved in it for one reason or another. <laughs> it's basically yeah. humanity dealing with another force. Right. And so they actually yeah. start talking about giant monster movies and they start off with the beast from 20,000 fathoms. Yeah. Oh, um, good old Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. And that apparently came first and helped inspire Oho to make very directly uh, Godzilla. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a combination of uh, Ray Harryhausen and King Kong. Yeah. Which so, yeah. those two movies, you can see a lot of influence in Godzilla movies from those two. Definitely. So you'd think with yeah. King Kong influencing them, they wouldn't have fought. They would have been kind of buddies. There would have been like a ping pong match. No, no, no. Them. Godzilla's like, yeah, you know what? You may have come around <laughs> first, but I'm the big guy now. You ain't nothing. Yeah. You ain't nothing. Now, I love that movie because of how tongue in cheek it is. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things where a lot of people try to do those big versus movies, you know, Freddy versus jason and alien vs predator and they try to do it serious but they usually kind of miss for certain reasons the reason i love that king kong vs godzilla is just because of how tongue-in-cheek it is kong's origin is that he's not actually like the denizen of skull island he's technically this giant gorilla that drunk this magical or this uh, mystical some special berry juice that made him yeah so grow big. some fancy juice yeah <laughs> yeah fancy juice that literally gets them <laughs> drunk <laughs> it's one of those things that's he gets drunk and it's probably one of the funniest things so maybe king kong is actually just an allegory for drunkards and like the world that they perceive that they feel <laughs> bigger and <laughs> added Stronger. levels to store up stuff. And then they try to ask directions from a giant lizard and all of a sudden they get lit on fire and they have no clue why. Sounds like an average day in the life of Drunk K. <laughs> <laughs> why am I on fire? That's why you keep your asbestos handy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, Big Bad, you, you no doubt know this left and right, but did you guys know uh, where the name Gojira comes from? I do not. It's it's a portmanteau of the Japanese words gorira, gorilla, and uh, kujira, which it means whale, because Godzilla was originally described as a cross between a gorilla and a whale. Yeah. He does have a gorilla-like face. That also leads to other monsters' names. For instance, Rodan is actually a combination of, there's two ways of spelling uh, Petrodon in Japanese, and they combine them two. And what they get is Rodan, or was it was actually Radon, but because... That was too of, obvious, so they just... <laughs> well, it was that, and also at the same time, at that time, America was trying to make people like, oh, Radon's all right, it's an okay gas, it's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> America doesn't do that, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. We're thinking it's, it's like, switching oh, it's, for it's oxygen. It's, oh, great, there's a giant per flying monster that can destroy cities by just flying by it. Change the name. We can't change the name. It's going to confuse people. Switch yeah. the letters. Just yeah. one is enough. The naming convention for a lot of the monsters is somewhat unique. And some of them I know, some of them I don't. For instance, I know Ghidra at one point, his name actually um, has some type of lettering of the word dragon because he's the giant three headed golden dragon. So with Destroyer, did they just listen to Kennedy say, like, we got to get this Destroyer? Destroyer. Well, 
<laughs> destroy a, destroy is actually a funny word. The funny <laughs> name. Well, of the yeah, yeah. it is a funny I, name. I, I love saying it. Destroy, destroy, destroy. They actually call him Destroyer because they couldn't copyright or trademark the name Destroyer. Because it's a word. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an actual word that's being used. And the idea is that the reason he's called Destroyer is because he was created by the one weapon that actually had any major effect on Godzilla, which is the Oxygen Destroyer. So how does that work? I'm not familiar with uh, this. Just destroy <laughs> all oxygen. The Oxygen Destroyer pretty much was a super weapon created by a Doc Zarazawa, who uh-huh. I, I, I'm hearing a little, uh, I know that you've seen the new Godzilla movie, I know yeah. someone who's in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But Dr. Zarazawa was a scientist who was working with oxygen to try to do something great. But instead, he accidentally created a super weapon. And he didn't want like anyone to know about it. He wanted to destroy it. Just to destroy it! it. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to, or at least find a practical use that wouldn't actually be used as a weapon. But when Godzilla shows up and starts wrecking the place, he has to use it. And it actually, in certain continuities, it actually kills Godzilla. <gasps> I'm not picturing how this, this oxygen-destroying weapon could be used in a non-lethal way. It, Nothing's yeah. coming to mind. <laughs> I know. But I really want to see how that works. Like, anybody smell too much oxygen in here? They're able to make food better. They can make fish bigger, get more meat from a fish, like use it as like a growth hormone. Ah, but okay. the thing is, is at that point, the original oxygen destroyer mutated some microorganisms and they formed together to make one big nasty monster. It was doomed from the start. And what, what's that one called? Is, is that destroyer? Is that what that is? The fish, the fish yeah. parasites? Yeah, it's more like microorganisms just coming together to form one super monster. Hey, that guy, that guy shot us with something. Let, let, you know what? We can't, we can't stand that. Let's get together. Everybody, come on. Bunch up. Yeah. Bunch up. That's technically how Destroy comes. It's like, hey, we're a bunch of giant, weird crab monsters. Oh, great. The military's shooting at us. Let's come together. Tony, did you depict the microorganisms <laughs> as Teamsters? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man, everybody. Bunch yeah. up. Bunch up. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Let's cut yeah. to a track. But before we cut to this song, we got to tell you a little story. Yeah, I'm working on a new project, and it's called IndieBox. And it's and amazing. It, thank you. Hmm. It's a, it's basically a subscription service, like Book of the Month, but a indie game of the month. And Ooh. the thing is, most indie games are exclusively digital and distribution. They don't have a box or anything to mail to people. Or to just be cool, to wear like a game tuxedo. It's, it's like, you know, they've got all the retro pixels, they got that retro style, but they don't got that retro box, man. Well, I mean, the, the issue is they just don't have the money for it. They do everything off of Steam, and Steam has revolutionized the indie game market. But It leaves some things to be desired. Right, you still can't have that box, that instruction manual, that kind of experience of getting the box for the first time. So what we do, what IndieBox does, is that we team up with developers, we make a box, instruction manual, we get a USB cartridge, Fill it up with a uh, copy of the game for Mac, PC, and Linux. We got posters, stickers, buttons, all kinds of stuff, all themed around the game. We stick it in this box and we mail it to people. Now, the game, I guess I can announce it because we have mailed out all the boxes by the time of this recording. Okay. The game is this phenomenal Metroidvania-style game called Teslagrad. Ooh, big, big bad. You, you sound like a Skeksis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that just sounds awesome. Basically, you run around as this little kid in this massive Technomancer kind of tower, and you run around collecting artifacts. Like there's a glove that you, when you punch certain metals, it changes their polarity to being positive or negative. 
There's blink boots that allow you to teleport. There's a polarity cloak that changes your polarity to positive or negative. And there's also a Tesla wand, which zaps people. It's a really fun game. It's our first game. We also, when we looked at our soundtrack, we had enough room for one spare track. So we reached out to Norwegian chiptune awesome dude, Kubi, and we got him to do an original track inspired by the soundtrack. So what we're about to play with a world premiere is that track. This is Polarity by Kubi. And uh, if you want to check out IndieBox, it's at theindiebox.com. The the fun thing about IndieBox is what you know is that you will get a special edition package for a game that is awesome. What you don't know until you get the box in the mail is what that game is. Right. And so even if you get a game that you've already played that you already love, it's like, oh, I already got this game. Oh, now I have a once in a lifetime collector edition of this game that I wouldn't get anywhere else. That's still pretty cool. Yep, everybody wins. Yay, winners! And so seriously, winners Tesla you. Grad. Tesla Grad is kind of a, a nice benchmark for for IndieBox because I've I seen know. videos. That game is fucking phenomenal. I am so proud that we got that to be the first Holy game. Holy shit, it looks amazing. So, I mean, if if that's what you guys are leading with, I can only imagine the follow ups. IndieBox is going to be the shit. So, if you're interested, go onto theindiebox.com and get a subscription. And here we now have Polarity by Kubi, a world exclusive.
did you guys know that uh, there's a dinosaur called Gojirasaurus? No, no I, way. I, what I, I, are we talking fuck. about the real one or the fake one? I actually didn't know I, that. I, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes Wikipedia can be a pit of lies, not, but not often. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. I, I was going to say recently, what was it? There was a dinosaur that was discovered that they named it's a, Gojirasaurus. It's a, it's a celiophysid dinosaur. I don't know what that means. And uh, paleontologist Kenneth Carpenter, who's a Godzilla fan, said, all right, this motherfucker's called Gojirasaurus. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that awesome. that's the archaeology community. It's like, you know what? This is Gojirasaurus. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. That's that's the beauty of being science. A, a, science, a scientist, folks. You get a name shit and people have to deal with it for centuries. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about Tesla was that he named everything a Tesla. Like he, all of his <laughs> units of measurement. He was like, so this is the Tesla gram. And the Tesla watch. <laughs> how how much does the that Tesla mobile. He just understood branding. <laughs> Toho, the studio behind Gojira, is super protective. They've sued people for simply featuring giant monsters and stuff that have no direct correlation to Godzilla. What, really? They, they've sued Subway for a giant monster commercial. They sued Honda for a commercial with a fire-breathing monster. The Sea Shepherd Conservation Society named a ship Gojira to harass the Japanese whalers. Uh, uh, but they renamed it when Toho started putting pressure on them. They call it the Bridget Bardot now. And man, they're they're nuts. In fact, when we talked to Eric Powell in our um, previous Giant Monster episode, How I Met Your Mothra, he talked about how his debut series, he was the creative force behind the first Godzilla book at IDW. And his original pitch was uh, about humans living in the post-apocalyptic like society created by the giant monster wars the best way of the describing it was pretty much road warriors with the giant monsters oh god but he that's his, the movie i want to see yep his plan changed drastically because toho turned him down yeah oh. it, it actually caused the book to suffer a lot speaking of powell this is just probably a good time to mention it eric powell is the writer behind the forthcoming big trouble in little china comic that takes place Ugh. seconds after the conclusion of the first film you see i did not know that I, fact i i did not know how much i needed that book in my i life. can't even right. imagine no, a like, creative force more appropriate oh, from the comics community they, they oh released my God. spoiler of like the first image and it's that monster the boner is like rock hard <laughs> like, i believe the term is sploosh like they, they released like the first page already and it's basically the first panel and it's basically the monster that was clinging on ripping off the passenger door and jumping into the cab with Jack. That is the first panel. But here's the pitch. They become friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's even better. He, he, he becomes Jack Burton's like goofy monkey sidekick. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, God. And the wacky hijinks that ensues. So, so this oh, is God. the U.S. Archer comic we should have gotten. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that... Yeah. That's that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> the only the only person who could have done it better would be maybe like W. D. Richter, the guy who you know like wrote uh, Buckaroo Banzai, who wrote the, the final draft of the script for Big Trouble. I you want know? that so bad. <laughs> well, I, this one ain't getting changed. This one's happening. Good. So we'll link to where you can check out that uh, that preview page and so on on this episode's page. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I do love that Toho was so protective that they let that amazing 98 Godzilla movie I know, come out. right? Isn't that yeah. weird? Actually, it's that is kind of, I think, one of the main reasons why they become so protective after a while. Because how bad that movie was. They don't even really acknowledge him as being Godzilla. He goes either by Zilla or Gino. Gino. Yeah. So they won't even refer to him as Godzilla. And then he was included yeah. in Final Wars. Because he's on the box. He's got like the little... First of all, little, Gina, uh, she, she's a lady dinosaur. I don't give I just, shit. I, I, I gotta... <laughs> no, damn. Gino. 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 Gina. Gina. 
Vagina. <laughs> now nah, you guys, it's you guys vagina. don't understand. That was that whole city in front of me. I just had to go. I needed to lay my eggs, yo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I know. Oh. I get the same oh. way. Hold my earrings. <laughs> hold, hold, hold my fucking earrings. There's these fuckers in like choppers and shit. No, that that shit is going. Matthew Broderick, I loved you in that movie, but please move away. Move away. Those are my babies. <laughs> I, I have more of like a Fran Drescher voice in my head. <laughs> so like Godzilla wearing like leopard print spandex with big teased hair and be like, oh, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I'm like, no. Can one of the two of you make that the episode art for this? <laughs> I think this is a team up effort. High five for team up. Oh, that is God. that is entirely happening. Uh, yeah. well, is well, I was going to say, there's actually the main reason Godzilla came back during, after, you know, Godzilla 2000 and that was because of how bad that 1998 movie was. Toho went to meet Roland Emmerich and Roland Emmerich was like, oh, yeah, here's the design of what we're going to use for Godzilla. And they, but from what I've read, it felt like they were so enraged that they came full circle. We'll keep our Godzilla. You go do yours. And then it was a smash hit, obviously. Clearly. Oh, I mean, they yeah. had they had the Taco Bell it, dog. A, it put Titanic to shame. Doug and I <laughs> Doug and I both confessed to each other that we we both owned in uh middle school the Here Lizard Lizard t shirt. We both we both owned those. Probably in XL. No, you know what? I will say this for the film. The, the marketing <laughs> campaign was Fantastic. I liked I liked the the thing like where they had the, the bus this ads. This bus yeah. is the size of his foot. This billboard is the size of his left testicle. <laughs> Which is weird because it was a girl, as we found out, and they were using that ad everywhere. <laughs> it smells like it too. <laughs> uh, one of the main reasons why they got that was yeah, uh, Toho has a set of design rules for people using Godzilla. It's three sets of dorsal fins. He is a dinosaur, which that's one thing that they screwed up by making a vagina iguana. Um, he's supposed to be a dude. He breathes atomic fire, and he can't be killed by conventional weaponry. I forget, how did they kill him in, in the 98 one? Um, he got trapped under in a bridge, and they hit him with some um, missiles from a jet. So oh, conventional weaponry. Normally, yeah. Technically, yeah, so they're like, we're going to take those rules and... You know, just put them over here in the trash, and no, then do whatever we yeah. want. You don't understand the yeah. vision of Roland Emmerich. This is yeah. this is a Which, far better film. I'm glad that I don't understand Roland Emmerich. <laughs> if I wasn't so yeah. convinced that Roland Emmerich was like possibly a refugee, like it sounds like a very American move. Like, nah, forget that shit. We're just gonna do whatever we want. Like, <laughs> it's America. You know, yeah. dream big. <laughs> Though to be fair, to be fair, yeah. killing her with a bridge. Not exactly conventional. We killed her with a bunch of rocks. What's less <laughs> conventional than just throwing shit at her? It was good enough for Captain Kirk. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, also, it's good enough to defeat technically Ghidra, the three-headed monster. It's like, <laughs> oh, the most terrifying thing in space. No advanced technology can defeat it. Have oh, God, rock. rocks! <laughs> Yet, two prehistoric creatures, a baby deities are able to defeat it by just tossing rocks at him. Seems legit. They, they're like, hey, start juggling. We're just gonna throw rocks. Just start juggling. And Gator's like, oh, I can't. I'm embarrassed. I'm dying of embarrassment. I'm gonna go I'm write my live journal. You know, since he's got three... It was only made worse because the th of the three heads, one of them did know how to juggle, and the other two were just, like, completely But he didn't control down. the arms. I was no. like, oh, God, why am I the middle head? <laughs> There's actually a couple of good things that actually came out of that horrible movie. One being the actual animated series that 
the people I feel who were behind that animated series knew a lot more about Godzilla than Roland Emmerich did. So uh, you're, you're talking about the one that goes up from the depths. 30 stories high. Yeah, that one. I, I've never uh, heard of this. No. No. That's that's, that's the Hanna-Barbera one. <laughs> yeah, they no, gave him laser eyes. There was a... No, no, no. There was a... God, I don't even know what station it was on, but it, yeah, Fox. It was, a, um, it was either Fox or... Yeah, I think it was Fox. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, it was a Matthew Broderick Godzilla cartoon. Never yeah. saw it. Like, the opening credits ended with Godzilla like, climbing a city, and everyone like, heroic pose in front of Godzilla. It was very similarly animated to, like, MIB. Yeah, it was. Were, yeah. I think it was the same animation team. Probably. Yeah, it was like or the same, studios. like everything. Like I loved a lot of the designs and those the monsters that they had. I couldn't watch it that... in good conscience because that would mean that I would be supporting anything that came from that movie. Yeah, but it, it was it was all right. But here's actually the thing I like more is that Toho actually at some point made that movie canon to the point where that movie is technically just someone mistaking a monster as to be Godzilla. Ah. Yeah, that was the, in Godzilla so the whole, 2000. They'd... It's it's racial profiling essentially because they were just sitting <laughs> yeah. there. Giant lizard yeah, destroys again, the city. The only must person be a who Godzilla. actually thought he saw Godzilla was a Japanese sailor. It's like there's only one thing that could have done that. It was Godzilla, even though I never actually saw it. I just saw the giant claws. You know, Godzilla's continuity is um, suspected, multifaceted, uh, very complicated, yeah. and it, but at least at some point they tried to make it work. The early movies have somewhat of a continuity, but it's kind of, they try not to. It's like, you don't need to watch the previous movies to enjoy this one. Well, here, here's a thing. Godzilla's been technically, like, this is the fifth reboot of Godzilla, technically. And every time yeah. they do reboot the series, they don't make, like, a continuation out of the last Godzilla movie. They make a sequel based off of the first movie. So, like, They're the like, true sequels are, like, the reboot movies. We have already had the good one. We just need to reboot it from there. Yeah. At the end of the Showa series, like they started moving towards making Godzilla less of a scary monster and more of like a children's hero. Like yeah. Gamera, friend to that's all why, children. Right. Like and that's why he started looking like a puppy dog. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got these big eyes. You got I was watching me, uh, Godzilla's Revenge last night, which is basically just a comp like it's a flashback episode. <laughs> so it's just a compilation of all actually, the monster fights. And that's then, why you describe it. It is a fan fiction movie because it's all in this kid's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's best friends with Manila. And Manila can talk. And he sounds yeah. really dumb. Godzilla says I have to fight my own battles. <laughs> don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I know I'm big and green, but don't smoke the big green. <laughs> yeah. it, again, there's a lot of weird Godzilla movies. My favorite by far, and it's the one that got me into like giant monsters and stuff like that, is Godzilla versus Megdalon. And it's not Megdalon. even because it was like a Godzilla movie. It was because I had it on VHS, and then I saw the Mystery Science Theater riff of it. <laughs> And then I fell in love with it, and I love Jet Jaguar. He's one of my favorite yeah. creatures out yeah. of the entire... One of the things I liked about the um, IDW, Rulers of Earth, is that they give second life to a lot of those monsters that only get one one shot in one film. And Jet Jaguar is pretty badass. <laughs> That's looks nothing name. like a jet nor a jaguar. Okay, I was gonna ask. No, he looks more <laughs> yeah, like no, Ultraman, no. but like more pointy, and he has, or like mixed with the Michelin Man. Hold Ultraman mixed with the Michelin Man. He, I am, he's I got am little John Nicholson. No, I am, face. I am picturing Ultraman who has just let himself go, and he's like, <laughs> there's a giant monster. He brushes the crumbs off of his beer gut. He he yells at Mrs. Ultraman for a second. And he's like, I gotta go take care of. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thing. And she's like, you don't never take care of the garbage. And he just, he leaves. And he's, he's just got rolls. He doesn't quite fit in the suit anymore. This is who Fran Drescher Zilla is, is talking to. <laughs> Oh God! Kay's showing us a picture oh, right okay. now. We'll link okay, to a picture. That... He's got kind of a Jack Nicholson Joker face. He's got a very angular, oh, pointy face. I've seen this thing before. That's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I am known to like weird things. <laughs> he was actually designed by a kid. Like it was part of a contest. Figures. Wah wah. They, I believe. And it. the thing is, is when they brought him out, the kid was really upset. <laughs> It's not my vision. <laughs> Other little known fact, and I don't. This is this is not founded at all. But this character is the Green Goblin costume from the Sam Raimi Spider Man. Yeah. Like, he does seriously, it orange and blue. Like seriously, pretty much. Like that, Gators that colors. Face is... That face, the same kind of like ribbing shit on the arms and everything. This is Willem Dafoe. Wow. I want to talk about the influence of Jurassic Park on all of kaiju films, mostly. Uh, and spe- like, you could see it very, very clearly in the 98 Godzilla. Oh, I mean, yeah. When, uh, yeah. when they're fighting them, them raptor babies in the, the sports arena with, where they throw the balls oh, God, around. Yeah. Clever girl. Right? And yeah. in the uh, amazing trilogy of 90s Gamera films, you could also see it. <laughs> I- <laughs> Sorry. He said amazing and Gamera in the same sentence. Have you seen, well, yeah. okay. have, you, have you seen these movies? It, it's a joke. It literally is. Again, you have to realize there are good ones, but there was a lot of bad There's ones. There's a lot of bad I, I no, 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 no. I, I know. We, like the, the Gamera, flashback to the Gamera you know, movie marathon where we're watching to Shadow the bad Man. ones. Yeah, again. Thanks to Shadow we're Man. We're watching the bad ones and we're making fun of it. And then the first one of the trilogy starts. Everyone continues making fun of it. I'm like, but this is good. Well, everyone, <laughs> shut, up, shut, shut up, up, shut up, shut up. Actually pay attention. And we start paying attention like, whoa, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. This makes a really bad streaming, but we're, we're into this yeah, at this point. Like, Sorry, guys. Watch us sit in silence as we take in the most unexpected, amazing Japanese <laughs> Plot film. twist. We enjoyed the movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. It was like a giant foot came into the living room all of a sudden. <laughs> giant monsters tying it back around. And, Destruction. And you know what? You, you still see the influence of Jurassic Park in the new Godzilla as well. Like, it's it's yeah. it's all pervasive. I feel like they paid yeah. homage to it, even though they didn't want to. Like, they, it's like a <laughs> grudging nod. A lot of monster movies, you show the monster right off the bat. They wanted to do the Jaws thing. Right. Or they don't show them that. But when they do, it's all worth it. On that note, we're going to cut to our next song, and when we come back, we're going to give you the spoiler-free review of Godzilla, followed immediately 
by the well-delineated, spoilerific Godzilla review. Recently, Overclocked Remix released a uh, Turtles in Time-themed album called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Shell-shocked. And uh, one of the tracks is their rendition of Alley Cat Blues. Alley Cat Blues. That's how it sounds in the game. They actually say the... Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) I I was going to do the same exact thing. Big Apple, 3 a.m. You want me to go through all of them? <laughs> Prehistoric Techno turtle drone. sores. Burying my shell in wounded Techno- knee. <laughs> Technodrome. Alley Cat Blues. Alley Cat Blues. It's done by... Uh, hey, oh. who put out the lights? <laughs> the track is called uh, Shellocalypse. And it's my toes! My toes! <laughs> my home! My home! Tonight I dine on turtle soup. <laughs> sorry, Hexer. That is by Omega Driver. I'm not sorry. Featuring Jordan Clark. Clark. Kent? I can't even. I'm done. <laughs> Omega Drive featuring Jordan Clark. And, uh, power. Alley Cat Blues. Alley Cat Blues. <laughs> Let's kick Shell. <laughs> Here's Shellocalypse, guys.
Guess what's coming up next week? Oh, did you guess? It's the Ninja Turtles 30th anniversary this month. So we're going to be talking to Steve Murphy, the creative team behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures, the comic released by Archie in the 90s that was originally based off the TMNT animated series and quickly grew into the most intense, tightest continuity, in my opinion, best Turtles comic that's ever been written. Wow. For many people, that was the Turtles comic that we grew up on. So uh, you look forward to that shit. (laughs) Yeah. So is it time? It's time. Let's talk about Godzilla. So, what, what have we been doing for the past 40 minutes? Well, we're talking about the, the, the movie, movie. The movie that the we got to go see. Godzilla, parentheses, 2014. Okay. And, uh, Thank so, you. I needed the IMDb So, it's credit. a movie. It's, yeah. it's, that, is, that, that is accurate. Uh, stuff happens in this movie. The Brian whole, Cranston's yeah. there. So Ken, is Kick-Ass. Ken, yep. Ken what's his knobby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's, here's, my, here's my super quick review. This film features some of the best most intense moments in giant monster films that i've seen i mean i haven't seen a whole lot by comparison to some of my compatriots here um but, man. but especially him <laughs> but <laughs> but it is absolutely incredible up to a point at which the film changes direction and um if you want to see giant monsters fight you're going to see it but you're not going to see as much of it as you want to see and i was i was doing some thinking about it and it felt like the director was still fighting for that original vision and that snuck out in parts okay so at the very beginning it was really epic and then something happens and it changes the entire feel of the movie changes you know i'm really glad you guys are going to be spoiling this shit for me because this is just this is cryptic and confusing. the first third of the film the first act is a fucking amazing yes. it is worth the price of entry However, the af- movie could have ended there and I went rough okay. ending, but okay. Clap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no actual Godzilla, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I personally look forward to the fan edit that cuts out all the bullshit <laughs> because it could easily be done. Yeah. And would be amazing. All right. How much Godzilla is there? Because there's a lot of Godzilla movies out there that they don't actually feature him a lot. Oh, he's in here. He's in it enough to make it a Godzilla movie. I mean, here's movie. the thing. I was telling Cap about this. Like, this felt like it was a movie about humans dealing with giant monsters. And the focus was more often than not on the humans. Human, 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 human. As it should be. And occasionally a monster. Yeah. Now, what I would have loved is a movie following giant monsters where every now and then you see a human. You're trying to figure out what are they doing to deal with these giant monsters. And you have to guess. Because you don't get that much human screen time. That's what I wanted. Because fuck the humans. I'm here for giant monsters. If I, if I were... wanted humans, I'd go watch the... Pacific Rim. <laughs> yes. And if I were to, you know, compare the two films, I would say Pacific Rim is the better movie, personally. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. As a whole. If the entire movie had followed Act 1... Then there would be boom. no question. No question. It would be... I would say this should be best picture. I would rather have Riley the guy who plays Riley B, the guy who is the main character, the main character in Godzilla. Kid. Yeah. I, I love that. It would have been far, like, he's not a great actor, but he would have been far more engaging to me than, than Ford, whoever that guy is. He was, he was kick-ass is and he, he's going to be Quicksilver. Yeah. In fact, he's going to be. Oh my God. That is glassy eyes. I didn't recognize yeah. him. I was like, he's so hot take, and kick-ass, but now I'm like, what happened? T- take away the mop top and man, he just, maybe he just didn't have anything to work off of. Cause that was just a cold performance. I was confused. Weird. Which just mean, what's kind of nice is that we know then that this is not a bad actor. 
who's going to be playing Quicksilver or Pietro or whatever the hell they Eek. call him because they can't actually use the name in Avengers 2. But right. don't go into Godzilla expecting a good performance out of Kick-Ass. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Nah. Or, or Ken Wernanamara. Ken, what were you doing? Ken, what's his face? Ken, Ken, Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. I, I know, the, the, the thing Watanabe. is, we, we, we agreed coming into this that we would not say his name correctly. I don't know why, oh. but we made this agreement. So Ken, what's his true role in this movie? Ken, <laughs> Ken why are we talking about him? I mean, seriously. Uh, Ken Watanabe, yes. Um, okay. Right whom either. I enjoy and respect, Ken but who is grossly misused in this film. He is yes. underutilized for <clears throat> sure. At risk of saying any more, I think we should get into the specifics. Those of you who uh, who want to hear this, well, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Thank the, you for the, sticking with us this far. Yeah. Uh, so if you go at this point, pause and go go watch Godzilla. If you don't care, hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, and, and Big Bad, where, where do you fall in this camp? Do you want to hear us spoil the hell out of this film? Oh, dude, I've I've had Godzilla movies spoiled for me from the get go, so I'm uh, fine. Uh, by, by the way, we I also want to make sure to mention before this is a good time for it. The Wicked Anime's most recent episode did an entire speculation episode, bad information everywhere on the forthcoming Godzilla movie. You should totally check it out. We'll I wonder how much of it is actually called. accurate. Like <laughs> at, the, at this rate, it could be. <laughs> how many times have they said Mothra was going to be in it? <laughs> Funny story. Oh, Mothra was going to be in it. Funny, Funny story. story. So All right. spoiler. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, there was actually a Mothra reference. The kid Very had, nice. a, uh, Ooh, had a terrarium a, a terrarium, and had two stickers. And uh, because one was on top of the other, it spelled out Mothra. And, and there was, was like a cocoon in it, like a like a butterfly cocoon. Wink, wink, nod, nod. It was, All right. So first act was great. What the hell happened? So first act. Um, first act is dominated by Brian Cranston. Yes. But, which is exactly it, what it means. But guess what? He dies. And that, and thus, oh, and that's you wanna what? And and that's where the film ends, right? So, like for the good part, there's the this nuclear, the there's this nuclear meltdown, basically yeah. that happens because one of the monsters that we don't see in the, in this flashback from 15 years ago, because Brian Cranston's working at this nuclear facility. Yeah, that much I got from the, the trailer. And then, so there. this entire area over the 15 years has been evacuated mm -hmm. because of the nuclear accident. But really, what happened? Was that there was a giant monster that basically cocooned itself at the ruins and it was feeding of off of the nuclear energy. So okay. the movie it starts off with Brian Cranston's son coming over from America to Japan to go, "Hey, Dad, I'm bailing you out of jail. Let's uh, you, you stop sneaking in the quarantine zone. Yeah. I'm going to take you home so you can meet your grandson finally." So the kick-ass would then be is kick-ass Cranston's kid or is yeah. this yeah. character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ford. Is his name. And so the next day, Brian Cranston's like, you know what? I said we were going to go, but fuck it. We're going to the quarantine zone. You're coming with me. And the kid went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, plot, dad. And so they go in, and it is this freaking amazing, like, post-apocalyptic, surreal feeling it, of, like, nature taking over. It, it's, it's very much inspired by the recent, you know, tidal wave disaster in Japan. And you see a, a city that's been abandoned for 15 years and overrun completely. Oh, cool. Uh, by wildlife. It's just so, been abandoned, so... Not Last of Us type stuff. I got and, you. We're and, good. And the, the thing that everybody thinks is that it's radioactive, except it's not, because... There was a, no actual fallout. It was just a monster that was... Right. Like, and all this stuff is cool, but I want to back up a little bit, because the beginning of the film... Where you see this excavation site, they find these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ken Watanabe finds this 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 ruins. They see this almost Cthulhu like skeleton of this some kind of giant underground worm, and these two egg sacs, one of which is clearly hatched, and the other which has not. Watanabe has an assistant, and she goes, "Is this him?" And he goes, "No, this is much bigger." And so you're like, "What's what? going on?" 
Like, what kind of universe have we dropped into? This is amazing. Basically, uh, there, there's this whole organization that has been studying got all the stuff from the from the trailer of like yeah. the, oh, the uh, monarch. Yes. Yeah, monarch. Like, like we we were bombing things. We were trying to we bomb were trying Godzilla. To kill it, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it, it, like instantly, it just builds this very rich universe that they're playing in, and it's just so and, 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 and it's horrifying. Like it's it's just mm-hmm. the scale. It almost of, paints. It makes you think that it's possible that this giant thing could be the monster. But yeah. it's not like because it was spoiled for me by the toy line about what they look like yeah. and how ashamed I am. <laughs> <laughs> I got the uh, prequel comic that just came out today. It actually kind of goes into like all the crazy, some of the other crazy stuff that actually happens in that world. Well, that's neat. We'll link to where you can uh, pick that up in this episode's page. I actually was unaware of that. So Cranston is is exp- the, the destruction of the the nuclear power plant is horrifying. And like his, not, and that's that's one of the things that I got to say from the trailers. I I had because I obviously I still haven't seen it. I don't know what the movie feels like, but it felt it felt like it could have been giant monster destroying a city, or it could have been a proper like horror film. In in this intro to the film, you get all the the hallmarks of great atmospheric ki- ki- horror. Yeah, yeah, like you get um scale, like seeing something just incomprehensibly bigger than you, horrifying destruction, a very genuine loss and grief no and, i because that that was in one of the extended trailers yeah. and even just watching that scene where he's he's seeing his wife behind the plate glass right. is like right. holy raw emotion uh, i've got goosebumps it's 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 incredible it's just absolutely incredible and so he has this theory that they were lying all along it wasn't some kind of reactor leak because he he feels it was his fault because he was like basically he in was charge the head of, of the nuclear facility that so he killed was his cl- wife and and has been it oh. was he felt like it was his fault because he sent her down there right shit yeah so he's yeah. for these 15 years he's been trying to get in there to get his data discs that are beautifully mm. dated 1999 zip discs nice and he's <laughs> nice. trying to get them so he can access his research to get a better idea of what was going on so for these 15 years, he's been trying to do research on what exactly happened because he's been blaming himself for what happened. He's like, I, there's no way that it could possibly be my fault. Like, I have to find the real answer for this. And so he's researching echolocation and all this kind of like stuff. He he actually has over the years developed enough like information. He's like, this could be a creature like these. These pulses I saw could be something more. So he goes in there. And you see this fucking monster hatch, and it's crazy. And Brian oh Cranston's God. screaming at all these people, and nobody believes him. But then they then they realize that no, this guy knows more than we do, and uh, it's incredible. And then he dies, and the son shows not a shred of emotion about it. He actually kind of feels put out by it, almost He's like, like oh. Then they're bring like they're in a briefing room, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we need to know what your dad knows. He's just like, I never listened. End of scene. He once told me echolocation. Does that word mean anything to you? Because I am dumb. I am. I am military. <laughs> I am soldier boy. Even after Brian Cranston dies, like the power of that earlier portion of the film is still with it you. It carries you, you, the you, rest you, of the movie. And, and it's, it's that atmosphere. It's that world building. At this point, they team up with the American military. Okay. And NATO. that carries <sighs> the rest of the theme. It has this very militaristic feel. But like the most, it's vanilla bullshit Hollywood blockbuster military. It's just painfully tedious. And uh, you watch the main character get bounced around in the most unrealistic way. In through. the most deus ex machina way you could think of. It's sad. And then you get this amazing giant monster battle starts to happen. Like Hawaii, there's like Godzilla shows up. Ken Watanabe's like, Godzilla's the, the alpha male hunter. He's the predator. Let and, them fight. And, and they've, the Earth was once bombarded with radiation it was in that environment they survived so now they've actually gone underground because they need to be closer to the radiation of the earth that's how they survive and godzilla is the alpha predator he controls basically the The balance yeah the balance 
So these things are up here. So Godzilla is no longer dormant. Godzilla is going to fight these things. And that's that's all really fucking cool, right? Yeah. So Godzilla yeah. shows up in Hawaii. The first Muto comes and uh, you see Godzilla roar in all of his glory. And you're like, holy shit. Holy motherfucking shit. This is shit's about to go down. I'm going to see so much shit happen right now. And then they cut to a happy scene at home in San Francisco with wife and child for a funny little thing where the kid's like, look, dinosaurs are on TV where you can see fuzzy footage of Godzilla and the Muto fighting right when you think you're about to get everything that you've been owed by all of the buildup of this film. They take it away from you and blue ball you to all fuck. I just, yeah. I just got blue balled by your description <laughs> sir this been- movie is a giant monster cock tease like it is. this like it's not God. the first time it happens it's not the last time it happens where it just cuts to another scene of his stupid fucking family it's insulting i hate his family i want them to die in the destruction sometimes that is that is unfortunate of course it was likely budgetary restrictions that led to well, no, no, no no so here's what? the i'm gonna guess here's no. the human plot you, you got it no, no for the rest of the movie after brian cranston dies i need this justification that it was they didn't have enough money for the cg godzillas no i'm fairly certain the studio put their foot down and said you can't have monsters fight all movie that's ridiculous <laughs> did they see yeah. it well I was going to say that they see Pacific Rim, but then Pacific Rim didn't do what it should have. So Pacific yeah. Rim had more kick-ass giant CGI Monster. creatures fighting than this had by a landslide. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so, sad now. So here is like yeah. the human story. Riley 2.0 <laughs> wants to get back to the Olsen not twin. <laughs> and save his little Hispanic child. Like you do. So they want to be reunited because it feels so good. However, he's he like, obviously he somehow baggage. keeps getting intertwined back into the military thing. He's like, I'm in the Navy. I like dissect bombs or some shit. And they're like, we could use you, even though you have no expertise in this type of bomb. Let's get him on board. Yeah, it's important for you to be with the plot device at all times. So right. whatever it takes, man. You have to be conveniently there to save the day, quotation marks heavily. At this point, the other monsters awoken. Yeah, right. There's two. There's, there's two, two mudos. There's, there's, two. there's a ba- There's a lady, and there's a man. So they found two pods Parasitic. in the original excavation site. Yep. One ran away, found Japan, and settled there. The other one seemed dormant. So like, oh, this is a a dormant thing. So let's take it to. But it's radioactive. So let's take it to our uh, Yucca ra- Mountain. Yucca hide. Mountain radioactive waste facility. This is where we find out that it was actually radioactivity that it was feeding on to awaken. So by taking this creature to the radioactive waste facility, it's like, oh, you brought me breakfast. I have a cute name for the Mudos. They, they never, they never uh, formally named them. I want to call. They did. Uh, did Mudo. they? But well, no, that's what no, they no, are. Muto is kind of like the, the their, their like classification. Of calling them kaiju. I want to call them Golden Eye, right? Because they got they got sparkly golden eyes, and just like the Golden Eye satellite, EMPs out the ass. Nice. <laughs> and so it woke up right outside Vegas and tore it apart. But think about this. Ken Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> he spent a lot of time studying these monsters. He was studying the dormant one for a long time. Yeah. Um, they, they, the, said they, the, they said they vivisected it. Yeah, they, they did. Like, I don't understand how, like, I was, I thought maybe it didn't have wings because they vivisected it and, like, they, they chopped it up and it was supposed to be, like, a, like, a science project gone wrong. That would have been cool. Right. That would have been a cool thing to do with it. But no, it's just because it's a female. It's the big one. It's bigger. It's got the egg sacs. Yeah. 
all that gross shit. Well, and he might have studied them. I think he studied the script more, and he saw the page where he really? said, "Really? Because he had like ten lines." Vegas. Here's here's a crime. They took a, a, a gifted actor like him, and they 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 said, "All right, so here's what you're gonna do. You're an expert in this shit. Okay, cool. So to get to, get to talk science stuff, and like, no, no, no. We want you to wander around with PTSD, basically the whole film, just looking concerned. He is he, severely underutilized in this movie, and it makes and, me super yeah. sad. And so he gets the idea, and he relays it very poorly. Hey, so. These are like gods. They need to just duke it out because and we ain't doing rebuild. shit. So one of the ten lines he has, yeah, uh-huh. his most important line. It sounds like, yeah. and all is of them the are in the trailers. A, that's exactly what <laughs> I was. Away. God, fucking damn it! Okay, well, <laughs> all right. We got the monsters with the best fucking fight scenes ever. Yeah, incredible. And, Absolutely incredible fight scenes, finally, after like after two major cock teases. I'm got, like flailing my arms the entire time. I've got my like fists clenched in like anticipation. And oh. we got the humans just taking up screen time. Oh, it makes me so mad. Literally. So rooftop gawking. Basically. And then it ends because, you know, Godzilla wins. And But he wins in such a victorious way. He literally vomits radiation down its neck and rips its head off. Now, here's my thing with That's that. That's my favorite part. Here's the thing with that. So, as Big Bad Shadow Man said, it's not atomic fire. It's really pure radiation. What do these fuckers feed off of? Radiation. Wouldn't we just be, like, supercharging these fuckers? Well, not, well that's like saying, them. like, what's Popeye's fat friend? Wimpy. <laughs> so it's like saying Wimpy feeds on cheeseburgers, but if you shove enough cheeseburgers down Wimpy's neck, he's probably going to die from so much cheeseburgers. <laughs> that I just shows your lack of understanding of Wimpy's physiology. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. From what I'm hearing, there is an amazing first act. Yes. There is yes. a, a There's lots of good bits. There oh, is a yeah. Cocktease second act, which probably still has some good cinematography some... and a brilliant payoff. I wouldn't say it's brilliant. No. Yeah. I think the movie is very confused about the direction that it wants to go because it started out super serious. It went into action schlock for like the middle part. And, and at the end, it, King it, of the Monsters. And, and despite taking itself very seriously, it is ultimately extremely cheesy. It is. Yeah. On TV, they're seeing Godzilla wake up and walk into the ocean. It says, King of the Monsters, hyphen, savior of our city, question Question mark? mark. The pacing was so confused after the first act. Um, In the press screening, there was press, but then it was also uh, general audiences, most of which were like general populist, normal folk who'd been pulled in from like radio deals to get tickets and so on. They don't know things. They're innocents. But, But you could feel them having the same blue ball weird disappointments you couldn't hear it but you could feel it in the in the room I could physically hear it like i heard somebody's breath brush my ear they're like <sighs> <laughs> it gets so weird it gets so bogged down with bullshit and uh, and there's so many inconsistencies after that point now here's the thing the way i gauge how much i enjoy a movie is a would i want to see it in the theaters again if not would i want to buy this movie if not would i be willing to rent this on Redbox, or am I just going to wait till it's on Netflix? Or do I not even care Or do anymore? I just pirate it? <laughs> and uh, Pirate still. Oh. More energy than Netflix, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Where does this fall on the hex scale? I'd, honestly, I'd go see it again in the theater, just for that first act. It's better to see in the theater than it is to rent it or watch it later. Now, here's the thing. I'd want to go see it at Point Orlando IMAX. Right, yeah, where you're going to get that that sound cuz our, our the sound in the theater we saw was fake IMAX. Right. It was weak, but man, you want that oh. you want that serious sound yes. system. When Godzilla roars, you want to feel it. You yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the I sound would be it was muted, but the sound effects were really great. 
Like, I would be willing to see this movie again and get that actual full-on, legit IMAX experience. And like I said, uh, it is, like, the first act is worth the price of admission, and you will see some cool stuff eventually, but be prepared for frustration, guys. And if it's like, should I go 3D or not? I feel like I was severely friend-zoned during this entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, yeah, no, not having it. I'm sorry, I really like you, but we're just gonna be friends for a little while longer. I'm like, but you're really boring, and you talk about military stuff all of the time, and I just want you to stop. I don't care about your family. I just want to fuck you, please. (laughs) Sounds a lot different from most of the Japanese ones, where they have the crazy cool sci-fi well the problem like i really yeah and then that's a problem is like i think this movie could have benefited from a healthy dosage of bad science yes i yeah <laughs> well most of the movies follow Say either scientists again. or reporters anyway they very rarely focus on the military aspect right. of it so and if it, they do focus on the military it's like the ones that are piloting the giant robots yeah they're humanized like i there's no humanity inside of riley other than he wants to uh, that's his name now <laughs> i'm not even gonna like hide it poor actual riley <laughs> I'm sorry riley i actually like your character a lot <laughs> I'm doing you a disservice. Um, you want him to be your drift compatible partner. I do. I would drift compatible him. <laughs> That's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> hey, baby. Drift- you and me are on the same wavelength. I think we're drift compatible. Uh, no, you have to say it with terrible grammar, too. So I would, I would drift compatible you. <laughs> Bring me your Jaeger. Not the shots. It's all right. Yeah. Matt, don't come in! You'll be busy for a while! (laughs) And we're back to Fran Drescher. (laughs) It was more like the Jaeger shot thing. It's like, Matt, where's my protein powder? (laughs) Shots! But yeah, that that's my take. I would be willing to see this movie again in the theater. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I would, but see I wouldn't it pay the fifteen dollars for the it, <laughs> or yeah. however much movie tickets are for IMAX 3D. I am genuinely waiting for the fan edit because I think this film can be fixed. Yes, it has lots of potential. Yeah. Like it, it just it seems like if you cut around the bullshit, it's so cut aroundable because my they're, favorite they're my, so stuck in there for no reason. My favorite is that it gets to this point where. Godzilla's coming, so the water's receded. It's about to, like, crash over. Uh-huh. And all the humans have run, and there's a dog tied to a tree. And so the dog is freaking out and starts tugging at it. And Doug said, for that fan edit, I'd cut it before it shows the dog breaking away. <laughs> <laughs> having, having even heard it, I, too, would love to see this film. Even spoiling and having all of you vent your frustrations. This sounds I like want you I to see say. this. I want everyone to see this. Like, that first act is just so amazing and everything i've seen in the trailers godzilla looks like he's brilliantly represented not all the time but in terms of a a realized giant creature that is fearsome and he's got the atom breath i was i needed super afraid that they were gonna make him like the hollywood hop around like more athletic and more agility like than he should be and he's not he's grounded he's got a fat bottom for a reason and i was saying like he looks like he's been asleep for about 50 some odd years and he's got a pot belly and he's like, I'm too old for this shit. And he just comes out of retirement and he's like, you fucking kids, get off my lawn. And then he's like, rips off its head and goes back to bed. That's like, what it looks like. And I like that. Doug put it best last night when we were talking after the film. Better said, that. <laughs> yeah. For like the first half of the movie, he was literally afraid of Godzilla. Like Godzilla actually invoked fear fear in him and then when he got the idea that godzilla was on our side he's like oh okay yeah. some of the later godzillas 
they do a good job of making him the bad guy, but at the same time feel something for him without him being. He's an anti-hero. To, yeah, like He's without feeling. Like, oh, I don't tattoos. feel bad that they're trying to kill him, but I will cheer for him when the good guys are failing and he's kicking their ass. I mean, throughout this entire film, like you definitely have this feeling of utter uselessness of man against these creatures at best. And that's when it would have made sense for Ken. What's his no face like to just come in and say that line where he's like, just let him duke it out. Like folly of man. Okay. Like, cause he, he, but they waited too long for that part. Cause he, he pitches is like, Hey, we really need to just sit this one out. And the military is like, I can't take that as an option. And literally he just goes, well, that's all I got. All I got is for a plan. Do nothing. And I'm like, the fuck kind of scientist are you? He wanders around gazing at his shoes like a dejected Charlie Brown. The whole Shit. film. <laughs> I'll also see that fan edit. <laughs> like there's this whole crew of scientists and specialists that were studying the yeah. thing for fucking 15 years. And all of a sudden like, uh, who do you want to take with you? Oh, the jarhead and the paraplegic. Like they're the people that I want on my team. Forget all the people that I've been working with for a decade and a half. I just want mm. those guys. Oh, one of them died. Well, I guess we'll ship the other one to Honolulu, where the monster mysteriously pops up. All right, so that's been our review of Godzilla. Um, <laughs> Big Bad, thank you so much for requesting this quad-length, not a microsode anymore, full episode. <laughs> if you would like a microsode, all you have to do is contribute to Nerdy Show. We are an entirely listener-supported podcast network, and we rely on you. But if you send us money... We send you cool stuff in your email, and you also get the opportunity at every $100 mark, if you're the person who pushes over that limit, you get to decide what we talk about. So, we've had some recent contributions in this month of May from uh, Berto L. Khan, Julian Wawanowski, Caitlin Kruger support us, and she said, keep up the good work, everyone. And then, first-time donor, Matthew Tahiri, he said, after so many episodes of Awesome, I feel compelled to contribute. Sorry, it can't be more right now. Also, Ghostbusters Resurrection. Also, The Nerd Groove. Subtext, I love you guys. I like that guy. He's funny. And we love you, Matthew. Thank you so much for contributing to us. It's okay. Any amount. Any amount means the world to us and make sure that we can continue to make podcasts and uh, stream music on Nerdy FM and all that good stuff. And remember, guys, not only do we need to make our monthly goal of $300, which covers all of our basic support costs, but anything you push us over that that means that we can reinvest it in things like um, better video equipment and, and other cool stuff. If you like buying things on Amazon, you should follow our links from our front page to Amazon because anything you buy from following that link that you wanted anyway gives back to Nerdy Show. Yay! Woo! Also, you can find our episodes on SoundCloud. If you don't know what SoundCloud is, it's like YouTube, but for sounds. So that means Nerdy Show is now more easily shareable. And if you like something, you can like comment directly at the time mark. And it'll be like, oh, man, this was so funny right here. Or ask us a direct question about things like, what did you mean when you said that? And we'll respond. And then tell you reference. It's important to have reference. Right. Right. And then finally, tell your friends. If you got friends who aren't listening to Nerdy Show and you like Nerdy Show, what's up with that? I mean, seriously, you can't hang out with those people Are they really friends at that point? I try to get all my friends to listen to Nerdy Show all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Hex, what's taking us out? What we have is a rendition of Blue Oyster Cult's track, Godzilla. The immortal classic. Immortal classic. But by our local pal, Cyfried. You know, I've heard mm. this track before. You listeners are in for a treat. There's uh, nothing else we could really end this episode with. We needed to end it with this track. 
Yep. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Tony. Bye, I'm Kay. And thanks so much, Big Bad. And I'm the Big Bad Shadow Man. Here's Godzilla by Sci-Fried. In a terrible sound, he pulls the spinning high tension wires down. Helpless people on subway trains stream bug eyes as he looks in on them. He picks up a bus and he throws it back down as he waves through the buildings toward the center of town. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Well, I've got some sexy secret things to tell you. Uh, not really too secret. I do say them at the end of every episode. But if you liked what you heard, it is imperative that you follow my every word. First, I want to thank you for listening to Nerdy Show. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows in the Nerdy Show Network alive. 
by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or most importantly, by directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show outtakes, dramatic readings, images, and other crazy stuff and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. But if you really want to level up, find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming. Just visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. So to recap, tell a friend, donate to the show, and connect with the entire Nerdy Show network crew online. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Can we make a song that goes, Fat Bottom Godzillas Make This Rockin' World Go Round? (laughs) Yes. You rock that Tokyo with them dorsal fins, you gotta know. Fat bottom Godzilla's they make this rocking world go round. Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> That's the end of my musical expertise. <laughs> you see him coming across the sea, and he's coming to your land. <laughs> Gonna rock you from Tokyo Bay. <laughs> I don't know. You're on to something. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.